0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link
1: in the show description to support now.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ
1: Good afternoon and good evening undying light listeners i am your host pastor alex back at it again with you this week one week now before christmas and and i and i got a preference this whole show with saying that this is my absolute favorite time of year i love christmas i love the season i love everything about it I even like those corny Hallmark movies uh, that have the same plot over and over and over again. I I, I don't know why I just love them. Uh, I love cookies. I love baking cookies. I love eating cookies. <laughs> I uh, I love spending time with family and uh, coming together. Most importantly, on Sunday mornings to worship Jesus in this season. And you know, it's just important. It's magical. It's special. And and I'm blessed now to have two kids to. Share this joy with Uh, my daughter just every morning. Is it Christmas today? She doesn't really have her, you know, uh, time framing down yet. She's only three and a half, but uh, you know, every day. Is it Christmas today? Not yet, honey. Almost. So I'm really excited to share um, that joy and that magic with her. And uh, so, uh, before we get into the topic of the show, I'm going to kind of give you a little of a heads up of what is happening on Undying Light. Um, first of all, I did a live video on Instagram earlier today. And as I record this, this is the 14th of December. And uh, and you can catch it if you go on to Instagram. It's on there under my IGTVs. But uh, I, I just kind of gave a quick synopsis of what's coming up. Uh, I am looking to kind of change the structuring of the show a little bit in January timeframe. I, I don't really know quite yet when, but uh, I think it would be appropriate if we kind of hit that marker um, in, 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 when we get back into our, our series, the least of these. So I I'm thinking I'm going to maybe make this change. What I'm really looking at is maybe adding a couple of segments to the show, something that's a little bit more deliberate, making the show a little bit cleaner um, and allowing it to be, you know, I don't know, easier to digest versus me opening and then ranting for a few minutes and then turning it over. I don't know. Yeah, I really, you know, I'm just kind of tossing this idea around and I've got some some smart people to help me through it because, uh, I need guidance <laughs> and, and it really, a lot of it is to just take this show to the next level in terms of content and, um, quality and overall listenability. I, I really want the show to continue to help edify you as a listener. So some of those changes will come around in January, maybe postponed to February. don't know yet. Uh, there will be a Christmas Eve episode as normal. We will have a Christmas Eve special episode, uh, which is Friday, which is our normal episode anyways. And then we will have a Christmas Day bonus episode, which will drop at 7 a.m. Christmas Day. Um, I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do Christmas Day yet for this show. But on Christmas Eve, we're going to look at uh, the birth, the announcement of Christ's birth from the eyes of the shepherds in the field. And so we're going to dig into that text in Luke chapter two, and we are going to uh, really try and put ourselves into this environment. We're going to look at, you know, the the potential time of year that this was, uh, the climate that they are facing, the difficulties, you know, what sort of hurdles they have to overcome. And then all of a sudden these angels appear and tell them the Messiah has been born. Your deliverer has been given to you. So we're going to look at it. That'll be Christmas Eve episode. Um, this week we're going to look at uh, a little bit more of the Jewish perspective. So we're going to kind of dig into some of this. And I and I've got um, a text in Luke chapter two. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna walk through a few verses, and then we're gonna dig into a little bit of context um, because I think it helps paint the picture of what Christianity comes from. And, and it is very heavily rooted in Jewish tradition. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Jesus was a Jew. Uh, the the authors of the New Testament were Jewish. Uh, there is some debate, interestingly enough, that suggests Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, might have been a Gentile who had traveled with Paul. So he might be the only one uh, not an actual Jew because we know John, we know Peter, we know Paul. uh, They were all Jews and uh, they wrote a majority and Matthew as well, uh, wrote a majority of the new Testament. So that's kind of what we're going to look at uh, today on the show. Um, A a couple other changes that we're going to be making as I'm trying to, and I said this on the show, kind of Wade myself through this process is for merchandise. So I, I have t public which is a pretty inexpensive source to get undying light merchandise you can get all sorts of different gear um and i and i you know I'm, i don't generally uh promote too much about you know uh merchandise because i mean if you want to buy it you want to buy it if not then you know i I really can't you <laughs> really can't convince you to um I, i'll tell you what i got a sweatshirt and a t-shirt the original um promo run that we did with the, uh, undying light symbol on the front. And then someone nineteen one oh five in on the back. Um, I love that stuff. I, I wear it all the time. Uh, in fact, I, I should probably be wearing it because I'm recording a video, um, for my patrons, but I just grabbed this on from earlier. So a little sweater type thing. So if you go to T public, um, and you can search Undying light, you'll get, uh, all sorts of different apparel. You've got t uh, t-shirts, uh, these are currently 20 bucks a t-shirt, uh, tank tops, hoodies, which I, I love hoodies. These are $35 a pop. Um, then you've got your crew neck sweatshirts, long sleeve t-shirts. And then this is uh, there's some kids apparel as well. But, and then I kind of like this. Uh, home goods. Uh, we actually you can do wall art. Uh, it's seven bucks for uh, a little undine light poster. Um, actually, you know, I've got in my studio, I've got a fat head, uh, a really big one, of the uh, um, yeah, you can't see it on the video on uh, the Undying Light logo, and it says Undying Light Studios. And I did a reel that kind of ampl- amplified that the other day, but you can get Undying Light notebooks, uh, mugs, pillows, tote bags, tapestries, pins. Um, the tapestry here, I've never really seen this one before. Kind of like a big um, blanket, if you would. Uh, let's see how big they get. Oh, large is 80 by 68, 30, 80 inches by 68 inches, and it's 38 bucks. That's a pretty inexpensive tapestry. Um, so there's a lot of really neat stuff on TeePublic. And, and, I, and I really appreciate the website for partnering with me to offer that. Um, the other thing is... With the merchandise, I'm, I'm looking to create a tier system in the patron website so that way you can go and if you want to subscribe on an annual uh, level, then you will get a um, uh, you'll get some some sort of undying Light merchandise from patron, uh, whether it's a T-shirt or, or mug or wallet or something. I don't know yet, but we're working through that. I want to get I uh, um, re- I'm really trying to figure out like the best path to navigate through. Um, because, and and I, and I say this all the time on the show and I've said it on my lives. It's not about the money. I, you know, I don't, I'm not making a ton of money off of, you know, selling merchandise. Uh, you know, I make a, maybe a dollar a t-shirt. So it really doesn't phase me. Um, if you don't buy it, but I just offer it because I know people like swag. So, uh, it's an easy way to promote the podcast and show your support for me. Um, Other than that, uh, if you become a patron with the annual subscription, then we're going to get you some free merchandise with that. So that's coming. And, you know, if you do like the show, but you just financially can't support us, that's totally fine, too. Um, My only request is is share these episodes on your social media platforms. Tag me in them and uh, uh, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on uh, iTunes and leave us reviews on whatever platform you can. And that really helps to drive this show out into the world. So uh, I'm kind of doing a lot of housework because I don't really know how long the content I have is today. But um, the the last little thing I've got is we're going to continue moving with the smaller show or the shorter shows, the framework, and try to keep it right at about 30 minutes. I think that's appropriate for a podcast. It doesn't, uh, overload you with content and you can still get, you know, a bulk of what you want. So guys, we're going to look at Luke chapter two. Um, I, again, I can, I can probably babble on and on and on about, uh, uh, the content in Luke chapter two. It is so deep and so rich and it's, it's hard to exhaust, uh, all 52 verses in just a matter of a 30 minute show. So we're going to actually look at two pe- or two chunks of Scripture and then a third verse. And, uh, and then we're going to look at uh, uh, the traditional um, that came out of this for the Jews, which was Hanukkah. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, uh, and we're going to go to the – let me find the verse uh, – 21, because um, we've got uh, – verses 8 through 21 is what I'm going to actually preach on Christmas Eve night. Um, but 21 has is very significant, uh, and, and mainly because of these things here. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Why is that significant? Well, it's it is incredibly significant because it falls in line with all of these markers to show us that Jesus is a Jew. He wasn't born a Gentile. He wasn't born of another nation or anything. And then kind of, you know, smuggled in to be a Jew. No, Jesus was born of Jewish parents and it's Jewish blood. Uh, and so because of that heritage, they follow these traditions And the circumcision goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 17 with Abraham, when God instructs him uh, to circumcise him and his family. Uh, The sign uh, marked John as their heir. And this is a referencing here to uh, um, uh, Luke chapter one with John the Baptist. So the sign that marked John as an heir of the covenant. And then that's described again in the covenant, Genesis 12. Um, And it's funny because if we just kind of sidetrack and say that John's name was untraditional because more often than not, the firstborn son of the family generally took the father's name. So his name would have been uh, Zachariah. Um, And it was pretty common for his name, the, the male child to have his grandfather or his father's name of some sort. However, the angel Gave explicit instructions to uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah. His name is to be John. And that kind of seems to throw people for a curve a little bit sometimes when you talk about that. But I think it's funny uh, that, you know, God does not, you know, follow all of the traditions that man has carved in. So um, and then so so we get this framework uh, and and I've actually had an interesting debate a long time ago with a Jew um, and he, you know, we, we used to be coworkers and he was a smart guy. I, I have, you know, had, had respect for him. I don't really know him anymore, but he, uh, argued with me once on a, on a debate on abortion. And he was arguing the fact that the Jewish hair or the Jewish mindset is that you aren't technically human or considered a person. I think you used considered a person uh, because you're still human, but not a person uh, until after eight days, because many babies would die within the first few days. And most, and you know, it's, it's funny because if my son's about three months old. He'll be three months actually tomorrow as I record this. And, and and I don't want to get into, you know, explicit detail, but when a baby comes and they're nursing uh, on their mother, if that baby struggles Back then, there was no remedy to feed the baby. Nowadays, there's all sorts of things you could do. You can give them formula, um, or the, the mother can uh, pump and feed uh, the breast milk through a bottle. Uh, or, you know, there's there's those are the two major ways. There's, you know, some other options, but those are the two primary ways. Back then, and this time when Jesus was born, if a baby didn't latch onto the mother, um, chances are the baby didn't survive. And so in the Jewish culture, uh, that baby would generally be dead within the first few days. And so after eight days, they would then perform, uh, the circumcision on males. And then they would give a name to those children that lived and then they would consider them to be a person. And so he was debating with me on this aspect of whether or not this is, you know, right or true. And, you know, based upon their heritage it's incredibly important to know that when debating a Jew on abortion. Um, we think as Christians that all life from the time of conception till the time of death is significant and valued in the eyes of God and should be valued by man. I'm not going to get into the whole debate on corpor- uh, corporate punishments or anything like that, but from the womb to the grave, life has significant value, it has an intrinsic value. And if we decide that, oh, you only get that value if you survive eight days, I think that's ridiculous. So that's the Christian perspective. But it pays well to know why this verse is here, because in the Jewish culture, it was eight days to be considered a person. And then, uh, then they would circumcise him, and then they give him his name which is Jesus, and he will save his people. This is noted in Matthew one twenty one, And this is a personal name of the Messiah indicated that he would do, um, uh, indicated of what he would do. Uh, John Christofston, I butcher that guy's name all the time, uh, writes this. He says, Matthew darkly signified the Gentiles too for his people. Uh, in quotations are not only the Jews, but also all that draw uh, nigh and receive the knowledge that is from him. Uh, and that is a uh, book taken out of the Nicene and post-Nicene Fathers. So um, nice, nice little quote there. So it's ex- it's ex- uh, Significant. Right. For us to see this text and to understand this text and to uh, to take this to heart because it really is important. So now we move into the next framework of text we're going to look at um, and we're going to talk about uh, 22 really um, until the end of the chapter. But we're going to kind of pick through the last portion. So um, and we're only going to pick through these this frame. Of verses two. But uh, in 22, it says, and when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male who uh, first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So the purification that's mentioned here in verses 22 through 24, uh, this was generally done 40 days after birth. Uh, this is indicated back in uh, Leviticus chapter 12. Um, and then in 24, there was a sacrifice that had to be offered. Uh, a pair of turtle doves, uh, the most modest of the different sacrifices that could be offered, suggests that uh, Jesus's parents were poor. Again, I throw to Leviticus 12 verse 8, uh, which says, If she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two dirtle, two turtle doves or two pigeons one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering and the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean Um. so then let's move into 25 and now was a man in Jerusalem whose name was uh, Simeon and his name was righteous and devout uh, and this man was righteous and devout uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it was revealed to it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death um, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So this is another significant uh, uh, passage here because this man's watchfulness, his discernment over the Messiah's promise, and the consequent prophetic utterance uh, were all a result of the Spirit's action. Um, and and then we see him, you know, he'll, he'll actually go on to die after he sees Jesus and he. You know, blesses Jesus in the temple, and uh, you know, in accustomed to the law. So, really, to frame everything thus far in the forty days of Jesus's life, he's born of Jewish parents. He's uh, follows the standard Jewish practice of being circumcised on the eighth day, and then his name is assigned to him. And then on the fortieth day, they take him to the temple uh, for purification according to the law of Moses, and they do this for all male children. And as we, you know, if you go back and read Leviticus uh, chapter 12, you'll get kind of the framework of what the firstborn sons are to do. So that, you know, really, I think hits a significant marker for us because it helps us to see that, you know, the, 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 the importance of this. And, and I think sometimes if we try to understand Christmas, um, right? The birth of our Messiah from the eyes of somebody other than a Christian. It can be a little convoluted and a little distorted um, because, you know, the text in uh, Matthew, Luke, and John, because Mark doesn't cover uh, the nativity scene or, his, or or the early life of Jesus. Um, but if we look at Matthew and Mark, because we get the detailed story of the birth of Christ, the narrative there, and then John gives us the word becoming flesh aspect. If we take those three, and 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 kind of try to put ourselves into the Jewish context, who are the people involved, and and what is their reaction? Because if we read through, you know, the shepherds as we will next week, uh, they're astonished, and you know, and fearful. Because, you know, the angel says, fear not and behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So, and again, this goes to Joseph and Mary. Anytime an angel appears throughout scripture, most often the person is frightened and they're just scared to the bone. Um, and so we've got these lowly shepherds who uh, the Lord appears to. Uh, we've got these three wise men, which we really don't know much about, that they travel from a far land. And they. Uh, some theologians have kind of pointed us to the idea that they travel, they've traveled for many years and they actually don't reach Jesus until, you know, he's well past the time in the manger. Um, so, if you were to create your nativity scene uh, to be theologically correct, you would build the nativity scene and then put the wise men kind of off in the distance as they're still traveling to it. But that's not, you know, here nor there. But Matthew gives us an indication here of the wise men. And I'm going to quickly bring up Matthew for us um, as I can't type here. Matthew 1. Uh, Actually, it's in Matthew 2, the visit of the wise men. So let's read that just because that helps kind of fill in this puzzle uh, of, of the birth of Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Uh, and this is uh, indicated here. Genesis 25. I've got a foot marker here. Genesis 25, 6 and 1 Kings four thirty. came to Jerusalem saying, uh, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the uh, all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, uh, this comes out of Micah, o, Bethel- o you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of uh, Judah, for you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Uh, That's uh, Micah 5 2 there. So we get Herod. He's pretty upset and uh, he's, you know, kind of, he's going to go on a vengeance, if you would, here. And he's going to, uh, you know, really get angry with this whole framework of this potential king to come and steal his reign. Um, And so. We know that Jesus is born in uh, Bethlehem, which is about five miles south of Jerusalem. Um, but these these wise men come and they show, you know, they're, they're kind of interesting because they don't really have any sort of place uh, in the framework of this text. But I think it's... Kind of beautiful because they're not Jewish of heritage. Um, these Gentiles, these wise men, probably came from Persia or Babylon or Arabia, and uh, this their kind of wisdom was not always God pleasing. And this was from Deuteronomy 18. So we don't know um, much about them. We don't know their uh, religious perspectives. We don't know any you know if they actually came to worship Christ and and give their lives to Him. We don't know. All we know is they bring him gifts, frank, gold, uh, frankincense, gold, and myrrh, and they uh, come to you know worship him because the star, uh, the star of uh, the Messiah has risen. Right, we go back here to uh, uh, verse t- three. I'm sorry, verse two, and it says the uh, his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. So. Um, Again, the text tells us that they came to worship him, but we don't know if, you know, what the extent of that looks like. So it's um, it's, it's incredible to read into this text. And then if we jump down to verse nine here, um, you know, after Herod gives his you know demand to go and slaughter all the children, um, they went on their way and behold the star. Uh, that had rose when had, uh, when they had seen it it rose and went before them until it rested on the place where the child was when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and coming home they saw the child with Mary his mother and they fell down or, and going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother they fell down and worshiped him then opening the treasures they offered him gifts gold frankincense and myrrh and they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod they departed from their own country uh, by another way. And that's the last time we hear. They don't show up anywhere else in the text. Uh, in fact, Matthew is the only one who gives us this um, scripture of uh, text. But it becomes you know, prevalent in many nativity scenes these days that there are these three wise men. And they come from a land far in the east. And uh, they've... They, like I said, some theologians think they've traveled for two years and uh, to to come and worship Jesus, and then they depart, and then we don't hear anything else from them. So interesting, but if we go on now to uh, again to carry on this theme of Jesus in the Jewish culture here, you know, we get to this text in forty one through fifty two. And I find this to be quite a fascinating text because, again, if we're back in Luke now, Luke is the only one that gives us this account. And this is the only time we see any reference or any mention to uh, the adolescent years of Jesus Christ. Uh, The text tells us in verse 42 that he was 12 years old. His family had uh, gone to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. This was customary, so they go up every year for it. And uh, they're returning. And interestingly enough, so the text says they go up, they do their celebration, they leave, and then they go about a day's journey and realize that Jesus isn't with them. So Joseph and Mary assume probably as they're traveling that Jesus might be with some other family members or the kids. And, but when they make camp fall that night, they realize that he's not with them. And so they go and they talk to other, uh, family members and relatives and friends of sorts and realize that he's not with them. Now this caravan, if you would, was not uncommon in this time period because you don't travel from point A to point B um, because of, uh, of robbers and thieves. So when they find Jesus a couple days later, he's in the temple, he's asking questions and answering questions in astonishment to the rabbi. And when his mother asks him, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus says to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house teaching? And so I I find as we we're going to wrap up this show again, I can talk on this stuff for hours, but Uh, I, I find that the context and the importance of understanding that Jesus comes out of the Jewish culture is exceptionally important. And also it helps to show us that the nation of Israel wasn't always the only intended target for God's redemptive plan. It wasn't the only intended group of people that the promise would go out to. The promise goes out to all Gentile and Jew. And we see that you know, as Matthew alludes to it, all of his people, that includes Gentiles. uh, Anytime that Jesus is preaching, he's preaching probably to a mix, mostly Jews, but most, but with a mix of Gentiles in there as well. He does have interactions with Gentiles. He saves Gentiles. And then we get Paul's uh, mission that goes out into the uh, Gentile world and preaches to the Gentiles. So to be a Christian, is to accept the fact that you come from a Jewish heritage. However, you're not bound by Jewish law. You're not bound by Jewish feasts or festivals. You're not bound by anything uh, in terms of circumcision of the flesh or anything like that. You come from a Jewish tradition in the in the concept of this is the blood and heritage. Uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it comes from the promise given back to Abraham. As Matthew opens in his book, The Genealogy of Jesus Christ, it comes from uh, Abraham all the way down through David and to uh, Joseph and Mary to Jesus. So it's important for us to know it, but it's not, again, a salvation issue if you dig into the Jewish aspect of it. Uh, there's some really fascinating things that sit out there. Um And there's some really fascinating, you know, uh, debates that to be had because we've got this concept of, you know, are the Jews going to be saved? Well, Paul tells us that some will and some won't be. Uh, And and that was evident throughout the Old Testament that just not all the Jews were saved just because of their heritage. You're not saved because your heritage, you're saved because you have faith in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to wrap the show on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that this Advent show has been edifying to you. Today it was a little bit more house cleaning in the beginning, but I hope that the content was enjoyable for you today. Next week is going to be all Christmas, uh, Friday, Saturday, and then we'll have another uh, episode on Christmas the following week. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna wrap that because what I was thinking about doing, well, maybe we'll we'll do and we'll go back to our least of these series uh, the week after Christmas. So I gotta come up with that schedule. But uh, the January first roundtable with Nick, Paul, and Anthony drops, and that'll be 7 a.m. on that Saturday. So there'll be a Friday episode and a Saturday episode two weeks in a row. So I'm very excited. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the content. As always, we will continue to to produce fresh new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Jump on and listen as you can. Shoot me some messages, chat with me, get to know me if you want. Join me on Patreon in this wonderful family we've got and uh, grow in your walk with Christ. And I pray that you have a very blessed Advent season. And I pray that God blesses you as you listen. Until next week, we'll see you.